Hello, friends. This is uh, our first podcast episode on the English language. My name is Alexei, and I'm from Russia. And in this episode, um, I discuss uh, with my friend and colleague from Brazil. His name is uh, Eduardo. Uh, we're discussing this um, phenomenon that in some circles, uh, in some, when you say to the people that uh, you're dealing with Taoism, with uh, that you're doing some Taoist practices, uh, then in some circles people immediately think that ah Taoism it has to do with sex it has to do with sexuality so what is it is it a prejudice is it truth um, and uh, Eduardo is a um, specialist on uh, sexual uh, side of uh, Taoist uh, tradition uh, as far as I know and that's why I asked him to uh, disclose for for me and also for you this um, strange uh, situation that uh, Taoism being such a vast tradition such a vast um, uh, such a vast field of knowledge in some circles, uh, among some people who have heard something about Taoism, they immediately click it, uh, connected with uh, uh, se uh, sexual stuff. So let's dive into our talk. I hope you'll enjoy. And uh, none of us is a native uh, English speaker. So apologies uh, for our accents and uh, maybe some mistakes on the other, on, on the one hand on the other hand it is uh, handy for um, some people because uh, our english is not the most advanced one uh, therefore it uh, may be a bit easier to understand uh, welcome So we were uh, actually. You are supposed. Uh, you are supposed to be a specialist on uh, sexual stuff, sexual side of Taoism, and uh, well, for me, uh, actually, it is a little bit of uh, you know a little bit of hidden area, because uh, all things which I know about Taoism are. And not so much connected with the sexuality and all things like this. I have heard that there is some some sexual Taoist practices, but I never I, I never was thinking uh, seriously what is it all about. So can you share with us what what, what is it? What are you specialist on in this field? <laughs> okay, so. Hard to hard to say specialist on that. It's like I believe we have a kind of obsessive paradox because the idea that let's say spiritual traditions uh, would have sexuality as important even fundamental practices is a strange idea and it shouldn't be. So it is this kind of uh, strangeness that creates a kind of speciality and, and 
put the thing in a, in a, in the focus of a kind of attention that it shouldn't be like that. I can tell you some personal experiences like in my school, I teach Taoist philosophy, Taoist inner alchemy, Qigong, Chinese medicine. Uh, what you say, we, we try to teach all the branches of Taoism. But then when I go to the streets, I had like in my daughter's school, oh, that is the guy that teaches sexuality. Okay, but, but I teach philosophy, <laughs> I teach a lot of things, okay. <laughs> So I think we should start from that point. That's the obsessive paradox. Yeah, how did, it, where our... did it come from? Yes, so why? How, how, how did it happen, this obsessive paradox? Because I, uh, I always, um, you know, I always stumble upon this, uh, I don't know, should it be a prejudice or something like this? When people hear anything about Taoism, some people or most people who have heard something about Taoism, they immediately link it to, oh, that's something about uh, sex. Yeah. Why? Yeah. How did it happen historically? I don't know. Culturally. <laughs> well, what's up? Well, now what I, what I tell you, yes, I, I have some kind of, of speciality on that. I my doctorate research was on health promotion practices uh, on Taoism and Chinese medicine. And I did that in a joint venture with uh, a Brazilian university and Boston University in the United States. And by the time I was doing that research, I had already a, a lot of personal experience in, in the field. But at that point, it was around 2010, uh, it was the point of uh, deepening the theoretical aspects of it. That, that's the questions you were raising. Why? Because uh, when you go deeper into what the ancients were doing to to reach their goals of longevity and immortality and, and, and I mean perfect health, sexuality was always there. If you take like books like the um, Record of the Immortals, it's a, it's a Han Dynasty book that uh, mainly talks about the lives of the immortals, the, of the Taoist immortals and what were they doing to reach there. They were doing sex, okay? <laughs> they were doing a special kind of sex to, to reach uh, longevity and immortality. So I, I don't believe it was um, something at all separated from, from Taoist tradition in the beginning. Uh, and, and so for, from the research point of view, we were like, saying, okay, this is an aspect of health promotion that is almost omnipresent in, in the ancient texts. So why not go into that? So the, the postdoctorate uh, research was about that, was about the role of uh, sexuality in health promotion in ancient Chinese medicine, uh, women classical Chinese medicine, that is 
Chinese medicine before the invention of these things that we call the, the TCM, that's more uh, modern Chinese uh, political medicine. Uh, and in the Taoist uh, of that time. So the answer for that, I believe, is is the maturation of a patriarchal spirituality. Mm. This is not something that comes from, it's just a quantum leap. It's a historical construction. As long as you go deepening into patriarchal values of spirituality, sexuality starts to to break out of that. It starts to get a place where it is not uh, a normal uh, way of integrating that sexuality into spiritual practice. In fact, it is patriarchy, let me see again, it is patriarchal societies that takes sexuality out of uh, a normal, healthy spirituality. And why is that? It is because the experience of sexuality in the male body is not integrated by nature with uh, with, say, with the conditions for uh, a spiritual evolution or the conditions for, let's say, the expansion of consciousness. I mean, something happens in the male body that weakens his possibility of expanding consciousness and reaching higher states of spirituality. But this problem is a male problem. It was never a female problem. Uh -huh. The so, female body or, or the female point of view is not so, so, so did concerned they get it, with that. Um, sorry, did they get it right that um, uh, this special attitude, special... Um, Special, yeah, special uh, attitude to sexuality that it should be something apart or some this over boosted uh, concern about all this comes from the fact that uh, in the patriarchal male uh, societies uh, where male dictate the rules, um, uh, uh, it, this uh, story with uh, sexuality it reflects the fact that. Uh, men uh, cannot uh, do sex in uh, a way to improve their consciousness. Oh. It's almost like that. I would say there, there is a trauma deep inserted in the male uh, psyche that is a trauma that is a true bodily experience for him. We are not talking about illusions. It, it is a true experience. And I would say that the, the patriarchal values of spirituality and culture, they include a kind of attempt to, to solve this trauma, but it never solves. Uh -huh. Like think 
in the concept of celibacy. Okay, mm -hmm. that is a concept almost omnipresent in very patriarchal-oriented religions. The root is the belief that if you do not engage in sex or if you uh, engage partially in sex under a very strict uh, rules of engaging in sex, you are going to be a spiritual, and if you are not, you are not going to be. Mm -hmm. Well, do you see any man that is celibatary as a very high spiritual evolved man? I mean, you can find one or another in history, but most of them are just psychologically traumatized people mm -hmm. uh, for whom uh, this celibacy doesn't solve anything. Yeah. In fact, they're not even aware of what they are trying to solve. <laughs> okay, Because this, this is so much uh, deep into but, the traumatic experience of, of the male sexuality that they're not even able to to track all those things we are talking about so, the main point is I mean, I mean that look um the way um um uh, uh the way i start to understand it now is that we're talking about uh, the suppression of sexuality that suppression of sexuality yes it is a result of some trauma which uh, is installed in uh, the souls of the rulers or, or of people who are dictate, uh, dictating the rule. But initially, yes, our topic was not the suppression of sexuality, but this over, you know, overemphasizing of sexuality, like people think yes. that Taoism is something specifically sexual. But that is exactly the point that you should look as a Taoist. The overemphasizing is just a rebound of the suppression. Ah. It's just the polar opposite of the suppression. Aha. Uh -huh. uh -huh. so, so it is a way to like a way to restore, like to rebalance. Okay, so it's, it's a, yes, overemphasizing is a trying to rebalance or to put uh, to put the, the this issue in focus um, for something that is really traumatized and hidden for for layers and layers of history and and deep unconscious memory of the males and, and patriarchal male societies. Mm -hmm. And, and so this is this is really the root of the of the obsessive paradox. Yeah. And, oh, there is sex. Oh, there is sex. Wow, there is there is a spiritual path that is based on sex. It's not really based on sex. <laughs> sex is a natural part of life and the way and 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 it's a natural part of consciousness consciousness expansion. But it's hard for a man, for a male, to leave that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's why people point at me and say, "Oh, there goes this the the sexual teacher." Okay, <laughs> why don't you see that there goes the philosophy teacher and and the Chinese medicine teacher? So we start by that. Uh, from 
if we see, look at what we could call Taoist ancient matriarchal societies, that was one of the, the studies that we have done in this postdoctorate phase, that was 2011. Um, none of this, these things were questioned. I mean, I, I could study in one of these lineages uh, as, as a student, and I, I also studied these lineages as a researcher. Dao, uh, sexuality was integrated in almost everything they they were doing. Cooking, doing Tai Chi, they were always moving sexual energy. And in the other way, this was, this was not a point. I mean, there was not anyone saying, oh, it is moving sexual energy. <laughs> no, it's quite natural. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, because sexual energy is just an, an just a normal part of life energy. Yeah, and that is is the point that I believe if we really go deep into into the Tao Te Ching and into the Taoist oranges, and why I think the Tao Te Ching is important, because the Tao Te Ching is a book where he, where or it it claims that balance is between male and female is is the way, or the female itself is the way. You have passage there that, it, that even in the first chapter that they say that well, some people translate as darkness within darkness, but it's maybe mystery within mystery. Anyway, it's the dark principle that rules, and you can see that in in many passages that the female principle will be uh, more sustainable than the male principle, it will win, the yin would win the young and things like that. So it has, it is a book that still has uh, yin or female bias into its way of viewing uh, the world and the universe. And and from there you go to the to to the notion of the jing. Mm -hmm. I usually talk to my Chinese medicine students like, okay, please translate jing for me. And they they translate, uh, oh, jing is like um, essence. Okay, and what's essence? It's jing. So it's the art of translating a Chinese ancient term that means nothing for a special Western language term that also means nothing. <laughs> yeah. And if you really go to, let's go to the imagery of, of the ideogram. You have their rice at the left part of the ideogram. And then in the bottom part, you have uh, the crucible, the alchemist crucible where something is being alchemically transformed and then you have the ten that is the, the term Chinese term for the elixir of immortality and above all that you have a plant that is it's growing life is growing 
Mm -hmm. So if you take the connection of, of that imagery, you are starting from the rice that is a kind of seed, and also it does it does represent uh, nutrition for the Asians, mm -hmm. as wheat could represent that for Westerners. And so you were you were talking about uh, some kind of force that's contained in in seeds. And this force is processed somehow. That's the imagery of the alchemical crucible. And inside this procession, this kind of processment, you can find the done or the elixir that is able to give, reproduce life itself. That's in the imagery of plants. So Jing is a universal force that is responsible for creating matter, mm -hmm. for creating life, for, for creating bodies, for creating, for creating the form. And of course, human sexuality, of what we experience as sexual energy, is a specific form of Jing, of universal Jing. It's the specific form that is able to create human bodies. But it's also related to to the creation of our body, to the recreation of our body, in, in a sense of um, regeneration. So longevity is nothing more than the ability to forever regenerate. Mm -hmm. It's not something that is frozen and doesn't grow through time. It's something that is able to recreate itself as long as it wants. So this power is Jing, and this power is obviously present in the male sperm. Mm -hmm. So there are interesting research about how the animal world deals with the Jing. So of course, if you are in deep winter as you Russians have and we Brazilians don't have, mm -hmm. uh, you maybe can experience some period in nature that nature doesn't reproduce. For sure. Of course. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is called winter. Yes. <laughs> because what's happening over there, um, if you take the, the vegetation, uh, it doesn't have fruits, it doesn't have leaves, all the energy is back into the roots. If you take the human body, all the energy will be back into the bones, mm -hmm. what you call the bone marrow. Mm -hmm. And the body will not be producing uh, seeds or sperms. Mm -hmm. It's storing all the energy in the deep layers of the water element that, physically speaking, is bone marrow. Mm -hmm. And then 
we can see in in some um, serpents that when they go out of this period and they start the spring time, they are fat. They have a lot of fat in the body. And scientists could measure something. They would measure um, how much of this fat this male serpent would burn before it starts mating. So check that. The serpent is just stopped doing nothing, not moving, but it, spring has already started and it is consuming the fat to produce sperm. And then there's another phase, that's the wild sex phase, where uh, the serpent will go mating, so it will have to literally hunt a female and, and it is like moving like crazy and, and it's doing sex like crazy, okay. Which of the two phases do you think consumes more energy? Oh, it is the first. Yes. Okay, where it is stopped producing sperm. Mm -hmm. So the, the animal world is full of scientific evidence that the, the production of sperm is very energy costly. Uh -huh. And this is, is a nature experience and this is the male body experience. So I, I really cannot uh, see a true integral spiritual path not listening to nature. So it is about listening that this whole mechanism of creation of procreation, Let, let's separate creation then of procreation, okay? So the mechanism of procreation is very costly to the male body. And if you don't have a kind of knowledge of how to balance the economy of this kind of energy, that's the jing, that's the jing is the creation energy. But at this time, it is kidnapped by procreation. <laughs> okay. And if you don't have a way of first understanding the economy of creation, of procreation, and second, to to go out of this kidnap, like I, I mean, to really understand how to use this creation energy for many purposes than procreation. I don't believe you can have a really integral spiritual path. But this is really, this is really the nature of all patriarchal spiritual paths is to break with nature. And that's what Taoism has never done. Mm -hmm. Nature as the female principle is not something trustable nor, nor desirable in almost all spiritual Western patriarchal spiritual ways. 
But as Taoism has never broken with nature, it can never really break with Jing, and it can never really break with the female principle. That is in the root of Taoism, in the time where in the Chinese uh, territory there was just uh, shamanic tribes over over there. It was not a country, it's not an empire. But it is sustained in, in like Han Dynasty thought. It was already a patriarchal society, but that could keep um, many of balancing and integrating and, and, and a nature-oriented spirituality. Cool. So th these are the, I think, the, the deep roots of the questions. Then you have many other things. Yeah. I think it answers why is it important and mm -hmm. and why is it so natural? <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, it really explains a lot because you know. No, my uh, kind of uh, approach to Taoist studies was, uh, you know, more from the intellectual side, yes. And from there, I was uh, going more and more to discovery, uh, to discovery that uh, body is means something that it it is also important, yeah. <laughs> and um, and uh, this concept of uh, this concept of Jing for me was really the most mysterious, yes. What it, what is it qi? Uh, if we take this trinity of uh, jin, qi and shen, then for me it was, uh, uh, in my way of understanding, it was more or less understandable what is shen, what is spirit. Of, co of course, clear, it is spirituality, it is stuff like this. And qi was also the concept which uh, I could understand, but qing from this intellectual point of view was completely un. un Un, an understandable concept. What? <laughs> yes, and, and <laughs> yes, and, uh, and now yes, uh, the way how you explain it, it really clicks. It re it really uh, be yeah becomes understandable. You mean the water, the water element that is uh, the resonance element for the jing for the female principle. It is not to be understandable. <laughs> <laughs> Understanding is a function of fire, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like um, it's to be. It's that kind of knowledge that is experienced in the deep feeling of the body. Mm -hmm. And really, Taoism comes from that, in a sense that it's a so long time tradition that has inside itself so many layers of history and of choices. I, I, I remember one time we were in, it was 2009, and we were in like a great worldly meeting that China promoted about Taoism. They wanted to say, to claim, okay, Taoism is ours. And let's say, let's, call people from the whole world to to meet and to, to claim that, okay, we are taking back our own uh, native religion. Mm -hmm. It was a beautiful meeting. And one of the points was 
Okay, but what is a Taoist? Because people, you are so different. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 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 like it, scholars that was just uh, dealing with translations and conceptualizations, and then you have the deep water people that you were all crazy. The, the, the first first uh, claim of the Tao Te Ching is not, not conceptualize people, just, okay, the, the word is not the true true path. I believe Taoism is about integrating these polarities even when we look at its teachings. So I believe the astrological teachings and the more intellectual, they belong to the, the Li or the, the, the fire trigram, fire energy, mm-hmm. while the sexuality belongs to the, the, the Khan, the, the water bodily energy. I believe the Khan is really the oldest in terms of historical layers. Uh, it is represented in the matriarchal societies and the shamanic tribes before uh, the empires and the nations. And it is still remnant in, in the Tao Te Ching. Mm-hmm. And uh, my idea of teaching is also that you, you have to balance those branches inside yourself to, to find your own path. There are people that has talent to, to more intellectual conceptualizations. There are people that has more talent to the water path. But usually you have to find balance between them. Mm-hmm. And so take the chi that you talk about. The imagery of the diagram is like you have the same rice, mm-hmm. but this rice is now inside a cauldron, or and it is being cooked, and then you have the vapor that is emanating from the cooking. Mm. It is uh, imagetically connected with jing, so we have the rice, you have the seed. Mm-hmm. And so you may say that the, the chi is the vapor or it's the more subtle aspect of the jing. Mm-hmm. So this is it. Um, human sexuality is a specific case of the universal creative principle or the universal, universal creative power. Mm-hmm. And there is really not uh, true evolvement without that in our point of view, because it is in the deep jing that is your your ming is written, if we can use this word written. Mm-hmm. I mean, your personal destiny and powers, your personal um, capacities and real identities. It is written in the jing. It is hidden there. So it, and it, it cannot be really evolved without moving this creative force. 
Mm-hmm. You really can approach it from a fire perspective. Oh, you have those powers, you have that power when you are reading a chart, but approaching is not the same thing as turning on the power key. The power is in the jing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Actually, you know, um, I just uh, remembered one uh, a story from, from John's uh, uh, that um you know the way how you, you explained it that uh coming back to our original question like why uh taoism is so much of looks like as if it is so much obsessed with uh, sexuality and the answer is uh, it's uh, not that taoism is obsessed with sexuality just that taoism treats uh health in a healthy way sexuality and that uh, other people might be uh, treating sexuality in a suppressive or unhealthy way and that's why healthy approach looks like weird <laughs> Exactly. I think this is a perfect description. I mean, a Taoist, an ancient Taoist would never look at himself or say, oh, oh, oh I have an obsession of sexuality. No, <laughs> this can only be a vision of someone that has been through layers of and layers of repression. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then that looks at something and someone that deals naturally with that and say, Oh, that's a freak. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, yes. Why I re remember John's because the, the, the there is such a such a story in one of the chapters when some you know some uh, some uh, man, a father, yes, he had a child, a son, and the son was crazy. Yes, uh, he was saying that white is black, that black is white. And uh, yes, some uh, friends uh, have told this uh, man to bring this uh, uh, child to a, to a doctor, to a specialist, to a Confucian uh, scholar. Uh, they are, were known to be very much learned and able to fix all kinds of craziness. And on the way to this uh, Confucian scholar, this uh, father with a child, they were passing through some place where they met uh, Lao Tzu. And uh, Lao Tzu asked, hey, old man, where are you bringing your wonderful child? <laughs> and he explained, hey, my, my child is crazy. He thinks that's white is <laughs> black and black and is white and so on. But Lao Tzu said, why do you think that he is crazy and and not all the others. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you got the point. Thank you. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Your conceptualization powers are perfect for our conversation and to... <laughs> yeah. So is there one point more specific that you want to develop today? Well, um, no, I, I think, no, I think it's a it's good, good rounded explanation because, of course, we could, uh, I could have a lot of questions go, going much into details, but that would already drive us into details. <laughs> okay, so maybe uh, this can be a first introduction for a series of podcasts about Taoism sexuality. 
yeah, we'll see. Maybe then we can evolve more specific uh, points in other ones. Yeah, that's true. Like, what should males do to resolve this deep trauma <laughs> and yeah. live more uh, sexually happy lives? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, integrated with spirituality or. Well, we didn't talk about the women, and women are very important. The condition of the women uh, today, after this millennia of problems mm -hmm. uh, of living in a patriarchal society, this is very important to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, let's say multiple orgasms is, is very important, okay? <laughs> 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 because all these people that think that uh, Taoists Taoists are obsessive, they also are obsessive with multiple organs, mm -hmm. orgasms. Okay, so <laughs> we should talk about that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, I think that uh, we can round it up. Thank you very much, and uh, we'll look around and uh, see what uh, may come next. <laughs> okay. Thank you for the invitation. Yes. It was a very nice conversation. <laughs> Thank you.